Transpotting contains adult language, juvenile humor, and honest depictions of trans joy. Consume at your own discretion. I love, I love it. it. Y'all look so cute. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. We've got Alyssa here. Hi, Alyssa. Um, We were just, we were kind of just briefly going over uh, some of the things that we do to keep sane. Uh, You know, I was talking about some of my advocacy work and giving a little bit of uh, what I've been, what I've been up to. And pretty much most of what we were talking about uh, and how it kind of relates to what's what's currently going on and whatnot. Yeah, um, but I am excited for for more questions from, from all of you, for sure. Um, non-binary, uh, a non-binary trans woman. Hey, welcome to the club. You're in good company. <laughs> I, I came out in March of 2019 went through at the start of HRT about two weeks after um nice that's so, good time yeah good timing so um, that's, that's nice it was a very interesting time to be trans at the height of the Trump campaign and then before COVID. Yeah. uh really interesting time uh for Super pretty much everything and anything in the world yeah it was a breeze no big deal <laughs> <laughs> It was it was ridiculous. It really was. Like it was it was very difficult to um you know to to kinda it was difficult in some in some respects, um, but actually COVID kind of made transitioning a lot easier for me. Uh, I think mm-hmm. because when I went through I, I I love having the conversation with people about how they went through their name change and went through the the legal process of things after the fact, after you know, the, the stuff is taken care of and people can breathe a sigh of relief and stuff like that, you know, because everybody has a similar story, but mine was a little bit different. Like, I didn't have to worry about the anxiety of being in the courtroom because I did mine, you know, over, over a Zoom call. It was great. The same experience that so many other people had. So, yeah, yeah I'll take that. Do stuff in. Uh, I do stuff on a local level. I do stuff on a regional level. I do some stuff level as well. It used to be a. It's it's been it's been really interesting to find myself in the in the time that um, from the time I came out to to now, and I didn't really know that I was capable of doing the things that I that I do now. I uh, mm-hmm. never thought I would really kind of be that person. You know when you. When you believe in something and you find yourself, you truly find that your authentic self is not half that bad. You kind of want to hang on to that person. You know? Hey, you're and not half bad. I would agree with that. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it just, it kind of becomes easier to fight for. And I've mm-hmm. found I have a lot more power than I ever knew I had. Um, and it's inspired other people to find it. Can you give some examples of that power that you didn't realize that you had? 
Absolutely. Like question. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So <laughs> a couple of different moments that I realized was, you know, I can be the person that stands up at board meetings and, you know, vociferously objects to things if I need to. And people are being, you know, their rights are being trampled on. You know, I, I can be that loud voice of opposition that stands up for people, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I think in moments that you're hoping for that, that kind of reaction from someone, um, you know, it's like, who's going to come in to, to fill the void of things and to be that, um, it turns out when, when situations like that come up, I'm more than happy to be, to be that person if I need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, in, in moments like that, it's, it's become, I never, ever, ever knew I was the type of person to be that. Like I was one of the least vocal people on the planet before I transitioned. Uh, and, you know, finding a comfortability, a comfortability with yourself and, you know, finding your, your own power, um, has really kind of helped me find that. Uh, it's, it's been interesting to see how many people kind of just, come to me naturally and say, Hey, Alyssa, I have this going on. You know, I think you'd be a really good, you know, um, a really good person to, to bounce some ideas off of, or would you be available to, to be a guest speaker for, you know, for, um, there's a event that's coming up at the, um, I want to be careful on giving too incredibly specific information just because of the, the climate being what it is right now. But of course, in generality, we have some events that are coming up that I've been asked to be a speaker at, which is unbelievably cool because it's at some locations that I've frequented pretty much in my whole time being here. I've been in Florida for like 30 years. So I've been here a long time, you know, a long part of my life. And I'm 43, so it's more than, you know, it's, it's more than half of my life. Um, you know, so to be asked to, to do stuff like that is just, it's, it's incredible. You know, and it's like I'm helping lift other people up and figure out, you know, what their power is. Um, mm. It's amazing. You know, mm. that's that's so incredible to to be a part of that. Would you say that finding your own power has given you the strength to help other people find their power? Absolutely, definitely. Um, when you find that's your own really power, empowering. It is. It really, really is. It's it's that's positive uh vicious cycle i guess mm -hmm. you know like i mean you find it and it's i think it's like a lot of things that you that you find that you experience that make you feel amazing and make you feel really good you kind of want to share that with people that's kind of usually my instinct for things like that is if i find something that's amazing i want other people to feel that and we want other people to understand how incredible this is haven't known a better feeling than to to reclaim your power it's so incredibly fulfilling i can definitely say that watching as a as a uh a baby river in first year of transition i definitely yeah. was watching you and 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 watching you your growth and uh it really it did help to empower me to to boost up others and to try to put some positive stuff out there for people who are 
just figuring themselves out too. And so firsthand, I know that you definitely inspire people. And I, I think that's incredible. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, all the, you inspiring people. And as River said, like, it's how it's important to her and all of that kind of stuff. So for someone that wants to get into that, where do you, where do you start? Where does, where does the average trans person start to try to make a difference in all of this? I found the easiest way to get, because I was asking the same question for a long time. I was like, I have to be on, you know, have to get my hands on something, uh, some, some type of group, some type of, you know, way of making some kind of an impact. Uh, and I did that with local groups. Um, there was a local uh, group that was at the LGBTQ center that we, that we have here in Orlando. Uh, they were, it was the very first group that I was involved with. Um, and I just, you know, I, I had a trans authenticity uh, group. It was, it took me probably a good month of going every week and sitting in the parking lot and trying to get enough courage to get out of the car and go into the actual building and talk to people. Mm. Um, I did that for a month. I, I didn't have the, you know, the confidence. I didn't feel like I belonged. I felt like I was an imposter, all the nonsense and bullshit that we go through. You know, I, I did all of that. I finally was able to overcome that and get in there and talk to people I met some amazing people, some amazing facilitator. The facilitator, I'm still friends with her to this day. She's amazing. Uh, she does um, so much work in the community, and she's so interconnected. That's one of the things that I w- we were talking about before about how it seems like trans people, in you know specifically, are so interconnected. You know, um, we know so many of the same people, and yeah, I know that we are a relatively small group of people. But um, I find it amazing to see how many circles we end up, you know, traveling in that are so similar or exactly the same that overlap with each other over and over again. Um, I, I think that was the first way that I was able to get involved with um, with advocacy was really just going to groups and learning, um, talking and addressing my need to um, to learn about myself first. Uh, and I don't really feel like I found the confidence to be able to do any type of advocacy work without really taking the time to understand myself first. And once I did, um, all the people that kind of do that for, um, you know, for their, in their personal time, they kind of gravitate towards you. You know, you notice that how, you know, it seems like when you, when you spend time doing something that you're really passionate about or that you just really genuinely enjoy those people kind of gravitate towards you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of what ends up happening. Um, and then you meet one person that connects you with, with people. I got connected through, um, the, the local committee that does the pride parades here. Uh, I became friends with, with one of the coordinators and we got to talking and, um, she introduced me to some other people and then getting involved with the, the LGBTQ democratic caucus was a great way to start meeting people. You know, I wanted stuff that was, that was going to make an impact. Um, I, I was interested in immediately doing something that I could 
relate into the real world and put my hands around Nomos and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. This is right here. This is what I'm doing. Um, I'm very much a believer in something. Like seeing the results of what we do, and you see, you know, this is why it feels the way it does, right? You know, like when we have personal conversations with somebody, and there's this piece of our journey that we learn, and it it makes sense, and the light bulbs finally click off, and they're like, "Hey, oh my God, I get this." You know, this this makes so much sense. You you want to share that with people, and you know, when you have that. Um, and you're able to to pass that down to somebody else. Um, it, it's kind of like a drug. You kind of want more and more of that feeling, and that's what it that's what it feels like every time I do this. It's just it's so stupid cool. Oh, I love that for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. That cool. I love that. Yeah, you know, just feels good to help people. Feels good to yeah. make a difference. To to know that something that you were struggling with or just didn't make any sense to you at the time, you can give just that much more help to somebody uh, and make it that much easier for them. So I think that's probably the best way that I got involved with advocacy was just um, being involved in groups of, of people that not only have the interest in wanting to, you know, be in touch with who they are and figure out who they are and learn and grow. Um, but I find people that want to do those things also want to help other people. And mm -hmm. turns out there's quite a bit of them. It just doesn't yeah. feel like it sometimes. You, and you get that sure. nice synergy going along. You do. You absolutely do. I mean, you end up having some of the most amazing conversations. Like I, I just, I've had some of the most unbelievable conversations with people. Um, one of the first events I ever went to was the Seminole, there was the Democratic Bell. That was like the first thing I went to. Um, so I walked into this conference deal. center with over 300 people and um, I got my name tag, walked in, almost turned right around and walked out because I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't belong in this room. Uh, and then I did because my group came over to me and they talked to me and they said, hey, it's good to meet you. It's good to see you. This is where we're sitting. This is what we do. These are the people we're going to be talking to. And it was just like this who's who of everyone. And I have never shook that many hands in my life. <laughs> uh, I spent probably a good hour and a half going around the room talking to people and shaking hands and getting to know people. I talked to every candidate that was running, every one of them. I talked to Charlie Crist. I talked to Nikki Freed. I talked to Val Demings. I talked to the people that were running the local races. They shook my hand, you know. Incredible. I I I didn't. I never get to do anything like that before that moment, you know. It was just really incredible, and I kind of felt like we were all in the room, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Speaking, talk about empowering. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was, it was incredible, but also empowering. It, it was, but it was really weird. Like, I mean, it, it felt overwhelming for about five minutes. And then it just didn't. Um, then it well, was just to be there. You're just yeah. meeting people at that point. You're meeting, uh, mm -hmm. you're meeting other people who are doing things and you're doing things too. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. you're meeting and your peers, all these like who's who of who's who yeah. in the, those are, those are your people that you get to meet. Like, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it, was, it was so, it was so amazing. And I, I think it's difficult to not want that feeling a lot, you know, cause you know that you can make a difference and you know that you can do something that's, that's going to show up. That's going to be noteworthy. I am so incredibly privileged to have the connections that I have and to be in the same room with some of the most unreal people I've ever friends with Eleanor McDonald. She's the, you know, she's, she's the only trans legislative aide in Tallahassee. Uh, I am personal friends with her. I get to have conversations with her. I get to talk to her about how her day is going. She trusts me enough to, you know, to, to, to confide in me. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, those are, those are people that are doing the work, you know, and, and putting in the time and making the difference and changing the rooms that they're in. So they're the person that's, that comes after them. They're no longer the first. That's amazing. That is amazing. And part of using that, you know, what, what I, what I really admire is you're acknowledging that privilege you have those connections and, and the ability to do these things, but you're, you're using that privilege for, really wonderful things and really inspiring things. And you're also not taking it for granted. So it, it, it is, it is easy to do that. Um, you know, we're, we're all white sitting here mm-hmm. on a podcast together. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. A marginalized group, but you know, they're it, being able to recognize that and, and move forward and say, how am I, how am I going to use this privilege to better other people's lives and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's what you're working towards and i love it definitely you know I, I i try to be as aware of my privilege as i possibly can and sometimes it's you know sometimes it gets to be a little bit it, it, if you're not careful i think it can be easy to lose sight of that um, i try to make it a point as much as possible to understand and, and honestly, it's 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 kind of easy to, on the flip side of that, it's easy to understand that. Um, I talk to so many people that do not have what I have. And I hear stories that I shouldn't have to hear, that other people shouldn't have to go through. Um, I've been a part of too many conversations like that, that people have had to 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 endure things that just makes no sense to me uh it it just truly doesn't and until until people like us can walk into rooms do the everyday things that makes us just a bunch of boring bitches um then I, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, That's absolutely I to- right. I, I want to be a boring bitch until I start yes. talking about stuff. And then I want people <laughs> to pay attention. Exactly. That we're trans exactly and we're right fucking on. boring. It's just like, oh, yes. okay, check that off the list of, of characteristics. Oh, okay, you're trans. Check. Not like a, yeah. oh my God, she's trans. Right. Pearls. Great. Got it. It's the least interesting thing about me. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really like, is. Yeah. yeah. It, you know? So it's it's just 
yeah, it's, it's, it's been, um, it's been pretty crazy, uh, here for sure. You know, and I know, um, I don't know exactly how it is in the States that you're, you know, that you live in. I do know how it was previously here just a couple of years ago. And I know how it is now. I know that it is incredibly scary here right now. Uh, it is difficult to stomach. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's a lot. Um, you know, yeah. everybody has been going through a tremendous amount of uh, hard questions. And the reality of the decisions that came down last week really hit a lot of people in the face. Uh, it, it was a noticeable difference from how things have been. Uh, Can you, you know, describe what happened last week? Last week, they passed three horribly anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ bills, um, one of which is headed to the Senate and has really no opposition, but um, it involves uh, public spaces, like restrooms, empowering uh, people that want to question whether or not uh, someone should be able to use the restroom of their identity. Um, they can question that in public and demand someone to leave uh, and then call the police on them. They so choose to. That would be classified as a misdemeanor. It's being a serious offense here. That is the reality of what is currently going on. That's only one of the other three bills that are that are happening. Um, the other one is, uh, I guess, HB fourteen twenty one. That one is a bill that is incredibly serious. Uh, it Severe, it, it it wipes out gender affirming care for minors entirely. Uh, it um, it makes it makes it uh, illegal for private healthcare companies to provide any form of gender affirming care uh, to adults as well. What? Yeah, um, that's as bad as misery. It is. Uh, it's it's yes. it's super bad stuff. Um, and it. it it's just this domino effect of so many other things that are happening. Um, you know, it's the speech 254 is probably the worst of all of them. Um, that gives the state, it gives the state the power to have emergency custody of children. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah. Should a, should another person make the accusation that they believe a child to be does not matter who anyone can go to the state and say, I believe this child is at risk of being exposed to either gender affirming surgery or gender affirming care or prescriptions. It classifies um, gender affirming care as serious physical harm to minors essentially criminalizes it completely. It also gives the state the right to seek emergency custody of a child 
of a parent who is trans. This can be a child that does not even identify as trans. Um, yeah. Solely on the basis of being trans themselves. So it's just straight up state-sponsored fascism and kidnapping. It is. It is. Yeah, sounds Um, exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's by far the the scariest uh, doll I've ever seen. Uh, It is unbelievable the overreach uh, that is going to tie up the courts for years. Um, It threatens doctors should someone be visiting uh, visiting the state, like say, if you decide you're going to get, you're going to visit Florida for a week and you call to your, your, um, uh, your, your primary care physician and say, I'm going to need a prescription refill while I'm staying in Florida uh, on vacation. Uh, it gives them the right to threaten, uh, a pharmacy or a doctor here with committing a crime because it is illegal in the state of Florida. Is what they are trying to claim through no factual evidence of any kind whatsoever, uh, and against Nothing the, the recommendation of every major medical association in the United States. Yeah. And I know we know all of this. Yeah. It bears repeating, though. To say it. It, it does. It, it, it does. Say it. We do have, it we does. have a lot of cis listeners out there, too, right now. So it, it, this, helping them understand the weight of this is really important. Mm-hmm. Um. This is being done without any factual evidence of any kind. Uh, This is being done under the sole premise of we do not believe you should have the right to do this. No. Well, it's being done from a religious standpoint, really. It is being done heavily by a Christian extremist ideology and through Mm -hmm. heavy, heavy influence from radical Christian groups. I don't know if I've told you guys that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. I was just going to say, um, I have been privy to this very personally, very closely. I've been involved with, uh, when the board of medicine meetings happened, when they started questioning gender affirming care, which by the way, was such an alarming thing for the state to start recommending that they need to come up with a standard of care that goes against every major medical association in the United States. It prompted um, a group of over 300 Florida physicians, licensed medical physicians that practice in the state of Florida, to print an open letter in April of 2022 in the Tampa Bay Times that put their name and profession onto an open letter in 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 the in the newspaper that told them the state has no reason to do this they believe there's they're going to cause exactly what they call gender affirming care serious physical harm to people that are um that are that are seeking this care uh there is a standard of care that's uh that's already in place with peer-reviewed data and driven results that overwhelmingly show that this type of care saves lives. It improves drastically the quality of life for the people that receive it. And it isn't as simple as just kids being able to go up to a doctor and say, hey, give me some trans shit. Um, that's not how it works. There is a process. There is a there is a there is a form of consent that has to be given. There are 
there are letters that need to be written by doctors and by prescribed therapists that approve what's what's being prescribed, if anything. And in a lot of cases, it just has to do with affirming someone. Uh, and they're they're trying to even limit social transitioning uh, yeah. by restricting what's taught about in LGBTQ history. Um, it's or it's even that it's taught erasure. at all. Yeah, it's it's a complete attempt at an erasure of LGBTQ people, more specifically trans people. But in the grand spectrum of everything, what they're doing in schools is they're attempting to throw sexualization and indoctrination in the terms of anything that has to do with LGBTQ people, whether that's admitting or, or acknowledging the identity of someone as a student that's trans or, or bisexual or a lesbian or saying they don't have the, um, the, the lived experience enough to know what that is or that that's really even a thing. Um, it erases people in LGBTQ history because it prevents people from talking about it. Um, and it has specifically gone as far as to say, we are going to tell you what you're going to teach people. And what you're going to teach people is that sex is immutable. Well, no, the fuck it isn't. And it's basic biology. It's mutable. It is. It is absolutely. (laughs) It is absolutely the entire, the entire (laughs) cast of the show. I, I, I know that we have had these conversations in, in many circles before with people that we know, whether or not we've wanted to, wanted to in certain situations. I completely understand that. I'm so tired of having these conversations with other people, mm-hmm. but I know that we need to. But what's happening in Florida honestly should scare the shit out of anyone. It scares the shit out For of me. Sure. I live in Idaho right now. Um mm-hmm temporarily is my idea and um but everything in idaho they just look and see at like what's the south doing how do we become more of a christian nationalist state how do we get there um i was talking to a friend who's working on their phd in sociology and they believe if a civil war starts it's going to start here in idaho because there's already so many militia groups put together and it's just I get nervous even just going and walking around outside. There's a little cult, a little Christian cult that's trying to take over the town and they own a bunch of property. And it's like, how in the world am I supposed to feel safe here? Have you ever heard of a comedian named Ryan Hamilton? I have not. Okay. He's actually from Idaho. And it's one of the reasons why I mentioned him is because if I'm being 100% honest, besides you, he's the only person I've ever heard of that's also from Idaho. So I mentioned him because he speaks to that a lot in his stand-up. And one of the things that he says is, I come from a town of 1,000 people. When everybody says, I don't know who all these Trump voters are, I know who they are. Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah. I know who they are. I was raised, I was homeschooled in a cult. I I know who they are. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, really quick. Absolutely. I, I did I did a budget our time for ending around now-ish. Is everyone good to continue a little bit longer? I'm good. Um, I, I am because I was here late. <laughs> Marcia has to be here late. Has to yeah. be the latest of all of us. <laughs> I'm going to do that, that producer thing soon. Uh, Have like a little call sheet and like put a little like red 
red X next to you. Can I please get like three red X's and you'd be like, you're on your third strike, girl. Yeah, here's your tardy slip. Yeah. Can I wear a dunce cap and sit in the corner? I always wanted to do that, but I was homeschooled. I never got to. You know, like a gnome hat. Yeah. Yeah. You're so stupid. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> That's now, what a great way to give kids again? self-esteem. Oh my God! <laughs> <sighs> Psychologically long-lasting. <laughs> no. Surely, surely it wouldn't make someone trans. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <sighs> so many homeschooled wow. kids I know grew up to be trans. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Did they really? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the parents started homeschooling because they wanted their kids not to be influenced by the world and the worldly mm-hmm. things of trans and queerness or whatever. But so many of them turn out trans or queer in some way that it's like, hmm, maybe socially isolating you from everybody and your only outlet is the internet. Maybe, maybe you start to find who you are better that way. Maybe it doesn't work. I think you just explained the IT connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. I absolutely do. Yeah. I, it has become more difficult for me to find somebody that doesn't have experience in IT that's trans or non-binary. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. incredible I'm an for IT me. help desk manager, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I have so, an IT company that I'm starting, so. I have a patent. I'm not. I work in finance, so. <laughs> I work in a payment processing go, center, and person. I used to. I used to be I used to be in tech support, but not really in sense of need somebody to help me access my email sometimes. So great. Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoy talking to y'all. I really do. Well, we enjoy Thank talking you. to you. Yeah. 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 I really enjoy hearing this perspective. It's not a perspective yeah. that I hear. It's I don't I don't know, like the inside baseball of it all, of not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it and what it means and all of that. That context is so important to see and hear to really just get the full picture of it all. It is, right? You know, and it, it, it kinda puts the human element into into everything and, and kinda makes people understand that it's I know that a lot of us know each other from, you know, from social media and that's a common way for people to, to meet each other nowadays. But, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that there's people on the other side of the screen name, you know, or that there is an actual personality that comes along with anything that you read. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's an intent behind that. And um, one of the things that I've always related to is, is that human connection with people. I love getting to know people and, and talking to them and, and finding out what inspires them and lights them up. You know, um, it's kind of to me, passion and drive is you know they're they're two things that really kind of resonate the most with me. So you know, having those types of conversations with people and you know, I love being able to do this type of work and to to hear stories of people just, you know, when they, when they can put this stuff down for a bit and just get to really who they are. Um, I love hearing that kind of stuff from, from people, um, you know, and, and getting to, to really, to, to learn about people. I just, yeah, I could do that all day long. Some people sure. say it's really scary to share that authentic part of yourself, 
But to me, I feel like whenever you're sharing your authentic part of yourself and you're being vulnerable in that way, that's where the, the true con- connections happen. Because you can't have a true connection with somebody who's lying to you all the time. <laughs> and you true. also can't have a true connection with somebody uh, filtered through Instagram or Twitter either because you're not actually meeting the person. You're meeting whatever they're what putting they out into the see. world at that point. Yeah. I feel like it's through conversations that you actually meet somebody. So my goal for this podcast is for everybody to see that if three goober trans femmes like us <laughs> who are autistic and have terrible goober, social skills. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Being called out. If we can make a podcast and have interesting conversations with people, anybody can. And so y'all should. Yeah. Right on. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love that. You talking about the the human element of the person behind the screen that there's a side of this that brings us back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier. But, um, you know, I've seen the opinion that like, while there's all of these anti-trans bills, anti-LGBTQ bills coming out, for the most part, the average person mostly doesn't really care that much. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's just not really important enough to be on their radar. Mm-hmm. And so I think an important thing to identify is that probably most people at least are not intentionally homophobic, transphobic, blah, 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 blah. But that's just the people that have been propped up. And I think that's why your work is so important because it's about maybe meeting those people that for the most part, don't care because it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not something that directly affects them. And so that they can see that like, wow, this is a real thing that like really impacts people. And like, it matters. Like, I don't know. It matters so much. You're absolutely right. For sure. I mean, (laughs) yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's spot on, you know, I, I think anytime that we have the opportunity to present ourselves in a a normal everyday kind of way, uh, it, it helps it helps people understand, you know, I mean, we are, um, for all intents and purposes, kind of going, going after the same things that most people go after in life, those were people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's easy to lose track of that when it's not something that is on your radar and it's not something that you've seen in your everyday. And there are, you know, I, I think it's important to remember exactly what you just said, Celeste. Most people do not intend to and aren't openly or outwardly negative towards trans people, they just don't know anything about us. And, you know, for so many people that we talk to, uh, anyone that we talk to that's cis, we are the only trans experience they've ever had by having a conversation with them. And that happens a lot to me. Sure, it does. It happened to me a lot in Tennessee. Like, yeah, become the ambassador for every trans person ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm always on my worst behavior. (laughs) Good. Perfect. You're doing it right. Oh, that's why I'm getting those hate letters in the mail. Thank you. Yeah. Time to get a PO box. Yeah, exactly. Like in Tennessee, East Tennessee, I was in a very small town in East Tennessee, like outside of Knoxville. And like 
after I came out and everything like that, like we put up a big pride flag in front of our house. Um, it was very big. And we even received a hate letter through the mail about it and all of that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I, I knew I was the only trans person that anybody was interacting with because at least knowingly before I came out, I had never interacted with one. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm really going with all of this other than just really pointing out that your work is really important and I appreciate it greatly coming from somewhere that that kind of stuff doesn't come out, doesn't happen often. So, right. Can I say something yeah. something interesting about that going along that line of thinking? Sorry, I'm just continuing Celeste's thought here. Is yeah, like absolutely. things are happening, things are moving in, in <laughs> brain. You can, see, you can see the electricity mm-hmm. zapping. I mm-hmm. had an interesting uh conversation earlier where um I work in a kitchen and next door to that kitchen is a restaurant. It's separate from the kitchen that I work in. But the owner of that kitchen came over and was like, Hi, it's nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Uh you should come over and have some food. I'll get you some food made me this tasty bacon sandwich. And I was like, okay, I'll go over and visit him and say, I got a beer for lunch and everything. Mm -hmm. And he said something to me and I think he was trying to be supportive, but he said something like, well, everybody here, well, me at least is really supportive of um, like whatever people want to do in their closets, like that's up to them. So you're Mm -hmm. totally welcome here. And I was like, wow, did you just tell me that you're okay with me being trans in like the weirdest way. Mm. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, I appreciate that you're trying, but also it's like, tell me that you clocked me as trans without telling, say, using those words. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, well, on the other hand, it's nice that he at least tried to say that, you know, the sentiment was there. The sentiment was there. Isn't it so many, a little confused so if he got the spirit. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Intent, I'm sure, uh, mm-hmm. is something that, you know, that's easy to, oh, um, but to keep in mind. Sometimes you really need to, but go ahead. True. This was my point, though, is because especially for trans people, there's always kind of like this focus on passing and like trying not to appear visibly trans. At least that's how it was historically. You know, the idea was to integrate into society as somebody who was cis passing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily the best because a lot of people then in that case will interact with trans people without knowing it. And Mm -hmm. I think that happens a lot more often than people realize. I think people say, well, you're the first trans person I've ever met. It's like, no, I'm the first visibly trans person that you've met. And yeah. So maybe think about that next time you go grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. Very good way to put it. It, it absolutely is. Uh, I, I think some people have maybe should get into the practice of trying, rehearsing maybe what they're going to say to someone, maybe saying it out loud and saying, does this sound like something I would want to hear perhaps? And in some cases it would, it would hopefully like trigger enough cringeworthy response to them to say yeah probably maybe that wouldn't land the way that i would intentionally like uh, 
And like, even if you think that it's a compliment, maybe, yeah, say it out loud. Like, well, do I want to hear that as a cis person? I had right. someone from our team in my work the other day say to me, River, your face looks particularly feminine today. And I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean today? What? I'm I mean, going to go tell my mom that. I mean, like, <laughs> do you, would you want to hear that? Like, like I almost said to her out loud, like, I fucking hope so, because I'm female. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going for. I did it. Uh, Come on. <laughs> particularly feminine today. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Do you think, think anybody it, walks up to like Zendaya and says, wow, you look, your face looks particularly feminine today. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe don't do that. Back in Tennessee, yeah. one of my coworkers one time, she was like, oh, I just, I think you're more of a girl than I am. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those were words think that were said. Right now, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like we've lost the plot a little bit, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all in, you know, it's all relative, I think. Uh, it, it all kind of ties to the to the trans experience, which um, from everything I've gathered is kind of your thing. So um, I think we're still there. <laughs> yeah, we're highlighting trans experience. That's trans spotting, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Or as Marcy likes to say, trans passing. <laughs> I do say that on accident. That's because there was... Okay, little story. When I was an egg, I used to visit Reddit slash R uh, trans passing and just get super jealous of everybody. And I'd be like, oh, how come they get to be pretty girls and I don't? <laughs> there were no signs. No signs. Yeah. There were no, no signs. signs at all. Still cis, though. No signs. Still cis. <laughs> still cis. Hashtag still cis, though. Uh, yeah, do you want to tell us where people can find you and, like, if we're interested in advocacy work, how people can get involved. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on pretty much all of the social media platforms. On Twitter, it's Ali Ali Free. So it's Ali Ali. And then instead of spelling out and, it's just the letter N and then free of R-E-E. Same listeners that will be in the notes of our, yeah, episode. we'll have to put that in the notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll put okay. this in the notes. Don't worry, yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it, it is actually spelled so it's Ali Ali and free, even is the same on TikTok as well. We do have a sub which is Ali Ali free, spelled all the way out. And I've started doing stories uh, and just doing like almost kind of like a journal entry kind of thing where I'll go back and recap some things that have happened to me before or some experiences that I'm currently going through. Uh, I have started doing audio versions of some of the entries because I find that that actually has resonated very well with um, some, some neurodivergent people that have told me it's amazing to be able to hear audio so I can get a better idea of the intent behind what you're, what you're saying. So I've started to do that as well. Um, and it seems to be pretty well received. Uh, really, I would say if anybody is looking to get involved in advocacy, I would start on your local level uh, as, as much as possible. Uh, I, I know I seem to hear a lot of people saying you can get, you know, you can get involved in, in your community, but it really is the best way to start. Getting if you are involved in our community in any way whatsoever, then chances are 
you know, the local group that you're close to is having some very serious conversations right now. And if you'd like to be a part of them, I would definitely recommend to look on their social media site, see if there's a website that you can, uh, that you can get to, to be a part of their, uh, of their social circles. And if they have virtual or in-person meetups and you can, and you can do that. Volunteer any of the, I know the Human Rights Campaign is a big volunteer-based organization that you can start doing. Um, a lot of that stuff is, you know, it's for free um, volunteer work, but it's an excellent way of being able to get some experience and to get your foot in the door and start having conversations with people that are, you know, doing this for a living. I would also say too, if it makes a big difference in your life to try to do community work and to try to give back to people. Um, it is incredibly rewarding. It is almost infectious when you start getting into situations where you can positively impact other people. And I would highly encourage people to do so, but do so also with understanding that it is emotionally tough work to do sometimes. Uh, and make sure that above all, that you're taking care of yourself. Um, don't go too far with the spoons that you have and leave none for yourself. Because then you can't work from anything. You cannot fill from an empty cup. That's what I would say. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring Absolutely. another generation of advocates and activists and we can only get better from here, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have fine. nowhere to go but up. So I, I think I think we're yeah yeah. Anything else anyone wants to ask Alyssa before we call it a day? Yeah, What's your favorite so color? Right, favorite. We already know well, that though. Purple. You, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> purple is yeah. I'm I'm so incredibly obsessed with purple. Definitely is there a particular day. shade of purple, tint of purple, like lavender? Barney purple? Et cetera. Barney purple. <laughs> a little bit lighter than that. It's more like, if you're familiar with, um, if, if you're familiar with the soccer team, the Orlando Pride, we have a shade of purple there in particularly. Mm-hmm. I can relate it to that because it's definitely in my, in my neighborhood, but. Nice. Definitely part of Florida. Most definitely, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, congratulations on getting to your goal of your GoFundMe so that oh, you can thank be Thank you so much. I, I, I truly, I, I appreciate it so much. I, I appreciate every person that donated. I appreciate every single share, um, the kind words that you said. I, I, it, it means, it means a lot. It really does. Um, you know, it's, it, we still have a tremendous amount of work ahead of us because we are relocating um, you know, and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a, a process. We're, we're leaving everything we know here, you know, but we're doing it for the way of safely continuing to do what we do. Uh, and I, I cannot sure. thank you enough for helping me do that. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. This is our small way that we're trying to, trying to make a good community. Make a difference, make a community. Yeah. People. We've already got a community. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of where it was like, oh, yes. wow, this can actually be something. 
is when it kind of became like a community for people and was helping people. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Yes. Yes. You will, you will find the instances where it comes back to you and people tell you that they genuinely enjoy your work and enjoy what you do is really exactly why you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't take one instance. And it really only takes reaching one person. They, they think what you're doing is great. Yeah. And, um, if you need me for any other, any other episodes or you want to buy me or whatever it is, let me know. Well, we'll stay in touch. I'll add you on social media for sure. I actually yeah, just followed you on Twitter like three minutes yeah. ago. So <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm a, I'm a right, fan cool. girl, as you know, so I'm going to be annoying you like nonstop, probably. It's fine. <laughs> Annoy away. To see you in person. <laughs> I don't like Twitter. You really have to stop making me blush. Seriously. Thank you. Well, I really we can, For those that. who don't know, Alyssa was one of the first um, trans women that I uh, interacted with or, or followed mm-hmm. um, when I was first trying to figure out who I was and what yeah. kind of brands of trans I was, uh, especially. And she kind of helped uh, partially crack the egg, but more like more like unwrap the 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 core of what is river so i can't Please. thank you enough for being yourself so and your egg was already you cracked so but you needed to get through the white to the yolk yeah well I, yeah, yeah i need to get to the yolk there you go um, no i said it in my head and it sounded totally wrong so i'm not gonna say what Do i was to say. It. It. i'm glad i could help you get to your yolk <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we're doing now, so it just Alyssa, thank you for helping me find my creamy center. I it, the pleasure was all mine. See? It just gets incredibly more blush worthy from there. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like us. Uh-huh. I tell you, an episode of trans spotting is not complete without a giggle fit. Yeah. Nice. Well, happy to contribute for sure. Ah. Yes, y'all are amazing. If you need me for anything, please let me know. Same to you. We will. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was fantastic. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. Anytime. I love it. Everyone out there, thank you for listening to Transpotting, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Yeah.